NHL teammates for 13 seasons. Now back together as on-air teammates. You are listening to the Cass and Juice podcast. Hockey, life, and other stuff. Here are your hosts, Ryan Kessler and Kevin Bieksa. How's it going? Episode 5, Cass and Juice podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Bieksa. With me, as always, is the 2010 Little Caesars head coach, Ryan Kessler. Cass, how's it going? It's good, actually. Um, I was just asked to be the head coach, so that's pretty spot on. Yeah, I know. I do my homework on you. Even though no you don't really that. like keep tabs no on my that. Like, I keep tabs no on No one knows that. Nobody knows about that? No, no one. I haven't even accepted it yet. Well, yeah, everyone says that you, you are the next torts for minor yeah, hockey I'm, in Detroit. Obviously. You see his rant the other night? I did see right. his rant the other night, yeah. That's not that's even a bad rant for him. That's, it just showed how much he cares about his goalie. Yeah, and how much he has displeasure for refereeing in general and just authority. <laughs> so later uh, today here, we're going to have a good show. I always say we're going to have a pretty good show, but we're going to have a good show today. Like, we're topics are good that we're going to talk about. And there's one coming up in Dallas on New Year's Day at the Cotton Bowl. You and I played in the Heritage Classic. There's pros and there's cons to outdoor games. And it's, it's fun and there's the novelty of it. But there's also, mm-hmm. on top of that, there's some, some cons. So we'll talk about our – did you just play in the one with me? Um, that was more of an indoor game than an outdoor game. So I really don't really think I played in the outdoor game. Yeah, but you didn't play in one in college or one in – No, play one nothing. In that was, that was uh, the only one in the football stadium. You weren't in the World Juniors one that was outdoors? No, no. That was way past me. Yeah, you're old. Okay, we'll also talk about um, something we both have experience in is, is just playing in Canada. And more importantly, like the pressure of, of playing in Canada and the scrutiny and how difficult it is to win there. And we but we went through it in the playoffs several years where we had unbelievable teams, but you have one or two off games and and you hear about it and you read about it. So that, there's a reason why Canadian teams haven't won the Stanley Cup in over 20 years, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta do a good job of keeping that outside noise out of your locker room. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit off off hockey topic, uh, kind of what's going on for the week for us. And I got a round of golf coming up, and which you don't hear about too often in December. But uh, <laughs> looking looking forward to that. It, it's cold here though for California, and I know it's. You know, Michigan is obviously really cold, but you guys expect it. I'm, I'm walking my dog this morning, and there's a guy, and it's I'm wearing a sweatshirt, okay? Like, I'm, I'm tough enough that I can wear a sweatshirt in 50-degree weather. This guy is bundled up, hat, or we call it a toque, gloves, coat, sweatshirt. There's some soft people here. Yeah, obviously. Um, they're not used to it. But I, I have been looking at the weather the last couple of days for you, and uh, it's been warmer in Michigan than uh, Laguna Beach or, or Newport. It's actually uh, really nice. Here. It's good. Good for you. You're lucky. And then we got Nick Benino, two-time Stanley Cup champion, joining us a little bit later. And, and there's been some articles posted about him this year in Nashville about his character and how funny he is and how light he is in the dressing room. I don't, you didn't play with him. You missed him, right? No, uh, I got traded for him. That's right. Yeah, you guys. So you guys missed each other, but he's uh, he's a fun, you would like. He's very similar to to Cobbs, 
right? You know, Cog's a yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know Paul Mary a lot, but you know Paul Mary better than I do. Like, similar to that sense of humor. Okay. So, yeah. good. <laughs> Can't wait. On that note, let's go. Got traded for him. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so outdoor game is scheduled for January 1st in uh, Dallas, Texas, the Cotton Bowl. Uh, it's going to be an outdoor game in warmer weather climate. And I actually ran into, um, I'm not going to say who, but a member of the NHL at the Air Canada Lounge yesterday. And I guess the ice, because it was 70 and raining yesterday, the ice was destroyed. So they're actually trying to last minute create, recreate the ice. We played in the Heritage Classic, Cass, in mm-hmm. March 2nd, 2014. It was supposed to be an outdoor game at BC Place, but they ended up keeping the dome closed. you remember that? Remember it was open, and then they decided to close it, and then it, like, sprinkled a little bit. And But, like, during the game, there was clear sky, sunshine, and they couldn't reopen it. Just a bad decision. Well, the forecast kept – I remember all week watching the forecast because all of us wanted to obviously play an outdoor game, right? Mm-hmm. And we had yeah, – it was, exactly. was, was 54,000 people there, and I think everybody wanted that outdoor experience. And I remember seeing, like, there was – signs of like flurries like snow flurries which you never see in vancouver so i was like excited and then there was like then it changed to warmer weather and some rain flurries and they just panicked and shut the dome they didn't give us a chance right no exactly no it was uh it is fun i just i think there should be a cut off i think for us that was too late in the season games around what was it march that we were playing we it played was march second against ottawa so a team yeah so it's the last month teams. of the season right and and those games meet so much later in the year i i feel like you got to do it halfway through the year where you know the dog dog days of january and february are, and it, it allows you to look forward to something that that it's it's different and, and it's new and and i had a good time i just wish it would have been outside yeah, like the leading up to it was fun, right? Because you get, remember we had our vintage Vancouver Millionaires jerseys and, and sleeves and our pants. And, and that's cool, right? Because you get all new gear and there's uh, there's some extra promo that goes into it. And it's a new venue and all that. Like all that stuff is really cool. Yeah. Did you have family? Skate with the family. Yeah, you, you get to have your family on the ice and skate with them. I think I had like 12, 13 people that came in and it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the guys in Dallas, uh, or sorry, in Nashville, are practicing today. Then they're flying into Dallas with their families. So they're all bringing their family with them, which is part of the experience, right? Like, especially guys that have kids to come and see that. Yeah, that's cool for the team of flying the families. Obviously, ours was in Vancouver, so we didn't get that whole travel experience. But, um, you know, it's, it's good on, on uh, who are they playing, Nashville? Nashville. It's well, not to, not to throw – not to throw this downhill a little bit, but my experience wasn't as great because leading up was awesome and everything. And, but the morning of, I think the game was at one o'clock if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So the morning of, I get a text message from my dad's girlfriend who lives in, they both live in Vancouver. She texts me at like 9am or something. And she says, don't mean to alarm you and don't tell your dad, but he just had a heart attack and we're in the hospital right now. And he's going in for surgery in a couple hours. I'm like, What? what do you mean? Don't, don't tell my dad. And like, why is this even an issue that you guys are telling me? So anyways, well, she, yeah. she's like, well, he doesn't want you to miss the game. So right away, go right over to Vancouver general, which is close distance to the arena. Right. Mm-hmm. So I go over and my dad's like, had his heart attack and he's all prepped for surgery. And like, they're not even sure exactly what's going on. So that he's like, whatever you do, you better go to this game or I will kill you. 
and I go, I'm not going to the game. Like I gotta, I gotta wait and see like how this all plays out with you. Like this is more serious. And he goes, go to the game right now or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> like, dad, that's a hockey dad for you. My dad would say the same thing. So Katie stayed with my dad during the game uh, and watched it on the TV monitor in the hospital. So my family missed the whole experience. And then I went to the game, obviously. But I show up. You, you probably didn't even know. I showed up late because I was always like a first no, guy there. Yeah. I show up late. And obviously, I'm quiet. And I'm just – things are going on in my head. And, and play the game. And just didn't really experience the whole thing. But we were, we were up 2 nothing, And then we lost 4-2. But the thing I do remember about that game – was there was a, there was some a little bit of turmoil building around our team with with Eddie Lack and with Luongo and Lack was starting to get more starts and I remember that game was mm-hmm. the final straw when they decided to play uh, Eddie Lack over Luongo Luongo went and requested his trade remember what, what was going on in the dressing room something was going on in the room well Lou Lou was sitting on the couch with me and Burn and he was like visibly upset right and. Burr and I are talking to him and then he tells us like that he's not playing and both of us were like what like you always start the veteran guys over the rookies or the young guys well for especially this game. For a game like that especially like especially for a game that's you know did Lou ever even get a chance to play another outdoor game in his career I don't think he did no probably not never had one so you know take that away from a guy that's that's played what almost 20 years in the league um it's just too bad to see. Um, he was a he was a big part of our team, and, and for for the coaches, and I, I love Torch, but um, I definitely think that's probably one mistake that he he went back. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I'm big. I've been pretty open about how I'm a big Torch fan, but I, I didn't agree with that decision. There's sometimes whether or not, and I and I remember talking to him, and he's like, "Oh, we just thought at that time that he." Eddie Lack gave us the best chance to win that game. And I'm like, well, who cares? Like, you don't, you can't think short term always. You have to think a little bit longer term with some of your decisions. So, remember the one night uh, Alex Edler and I were coming back in Washington, D.C. We're out for dinner and we come back and it's like 10 o'clock. And uh, Mike Sullivan, who was our assistant coach and the D coach, and Bert, Mike Bernstein were in the lobby having a glass of wine. So, we sat down and we talked to them for like three hours and we we're just, spitballing and then we get into that and i said sully you know that that was the wrong this is and keep in mind this is like a month or two after the long was already been traded and everything i said you guys knew when you made that decision you were going to lose him like you you know now that's the wrong he goes no we stand by it and he goes we were it was unanimous amongst the coaching staff and the goalie coach and i mean i don't mean to whistle blow here or anything but I think everyone should know, like, this wasn't just Torch's decision. This was Sully's. I think Ian Clark was the goalie. But this was across the board. They all agree that Eddie should have played over Louie. And I'm like, well, you guys are across the board are dumb. Because <laughs> as true. players, oh. we, we didn't uh, As players, we wanted him to play. We were a lot worse team without Louie, obviously. Yeah, 100%. And you say what you want about his season. I, I can't remember how his season was going there, but obviously it wasn't his best, and that's why they were splitting time. But I think to go far in the playoffs, you need two good goalies, especially a home yeah. gamer, right? No, exactly. No, I, so, I just don't understand how you can make the decision, especially four coaches. You hear that? You hear that slurping right now in the background? That's Bash drinking water like he's friggin' three hundred pounds. My dog. He's my play last. <laughs> Hey, Bash, finish it up, bud. Yeah, thank you. 
just gives me the, the stink eye. Gives me the Ryan Kessler stink eye right there. So remember the, uh, uh, do you remember Rafi Torres telling the story about his first outdoor game when he played for Edmonton? It was like the very first one ever played. Okay. I think we were in Manitoba at the time. Yeah. And the NHL never thought to put heaters on the bench. So, like, he's playing, playing, and then third period comes along. And they're playing outdoors, either Calgary or Edmonton. And there's no heaters. He's sweating, obviously. And he's like, I've never been so cold in my life sitting there for 20 minutes. I just wanted the game to get over. And I think then it went into overtime. <laughs> that was, is that the one in Edmonton? Like, probably yeah, the climate. And Edmonton I think that's the very first one. Edmonton, Montreal, yeah. And uh, he was freezing. He's like, I couldn't feel feel any part of my body. I sat in the showers for two hours after the game. Well, there was Chelios was telling a similar story when he played in one when he was with Detroit, and he had his son. He wasn't even playing. He got benched, and his and his son was passing him beers, and he was drinking beers on the bench during the game just to <laughs> just to numb himself because he was so cold. Jeez. Yeah, we never had an outdoor game like that. Would be. Do you remember the one outdoor game? Uh, I think it was in. Buffalo. It was one of the early ones. It was it was Crosby. Buffalo. Yeah. Remember when he scored in the shootout? Started snowing and, snowing and yeah. unreal. That would have been the best. That's all. That's the first place I skated when I was a kid. There was this little bay uh, in Lake Ontario. It's called Princess Point in Hamilton, and that's where my dad would take us. I remember I have pictures at eighteen months old going there, and you're not really skating. You have the the skates on, and you're just kind of walking on them. But that's kind of where we grew up skating. Did you grow up skating outdoors in Michigan? No, my dad w- my dad built this outdoor rink in the backyard every year. He would spend countless hours out there. He'd take like 300 feet of hose from the basement, string it to the garage, take it to the backyard and just start flooding. And our, our backyard's at a, at a slant, obviously. So the one end of the rink would have like 18 inches of ice. Hmm. It was... It was probably the coolest, and, and obviously the, the funnest times of my childhood were on that rink. And we put the floodlights out there, so I was out there all day, all night. That's cool. That's like Gordon Bombay and Muddy Ducks when he's outside in <laughs> Minnesota, and his mom's yelling, "Come in, Gordon!" It's like just five more minutes. All you see, all your buddies on Instagram that have like rinks in the backyard in cold climates. It's it's, it's awesome. The kids just skate around. That's that's where all, that's for the one percenters. The other people, like I, growing up, son of a steel worker, we had to go skate outside on the frozen lake. Same same experience. <laughs> but I, I was I hated cold weather, so my my hands and my feet would go numb right away, and I just battle through the pain and just to stay out. You, I would put the I would put those little skinny gloves underneath my gloves, so it would help a little bit. But still, yeah, your hands are going to be numb. But still, wouldn't trade it for anything. When I was home in Canada two weeks ago, uh, same thing. Like it was cold weather it was snowing and cold. It was my son who's 12. He was outside for hours, just skating around with his cousins, playing hockey outside. And I was actually going back and forth to the car. I kept the car on. That's how soft I've become. I kept the car on and I kept going back into the car to warm up and listen to music. And then he would just stay out and play and then ended up obviously getting sick when we got back. But just that's, that's Canada. Right. And yeah, Part of part of growing up like that is hockey is is such a big deal. It's obviously the national sport. It's not the national sport, but it basically is the unofficial national sport. But there's a lot of pressure that comes with that because we, as Canadians, we watch this growing up. We watch the World Juniors. We watch the Olympics. We watch all these international tournaments. And we watch a lot of the Canadian teams. The Leafs get a lot of coverage because of where they are. And 
they're the unofficial center of the hockey universe. So there's a reason you haven't seen a Canadian team win a Stanley Cup in a long time now. And like, tell, tell the fans, because you played in Anaheim where you had some awesome years, and you had some good years in Vancouver as well, but mm-hmm. how much easier is it to have a good year in Anaheim? Because, and I'll just prep this for you, you go through lulls in a season where it's 82 games, and there's times where you're just, you're just playing like shit for three, four, five games. Whatever's you're tired, you're, you're a little sick, you got crap going on at home. Like, you, you play like crap for four or five games. In Canada – if you play it like crap for a couple games, and especially if you're an elite player like you, you you're going to read about it somewhere. Someone's going to rip you in an article. Someone's going to be like, what's going on with Kessler? Then maybe the coaches read that, and then now they start to second-guess you, and then maybe you hear about it and you start to doubt yourself. Well, you don't have to go through that crap in Anaheim because there's two reporters, and they don't really know a whole lot what they're talking about. <laughs> so you can kind of like hide through the walls of the season, which is why some of these teams like St. Louis, right, just kind of cruise mm-hmm. cruise on onto a championship. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, you know, especially nowadays with with uh, social media and Twitter and Instagram, um, you know, allows fans to you're readily available to fans at a touch of a button. And I bet all these young kids are all over Instagram. I don't I don't have Instagram, um, but. I guess there's like mentions and likes and for sure you're going to see all that. You know what Instagram is. Don't start that. I know you don't have it. I don't have it. You know what Instagram is. It's not like you've never had spade a spade. I haven't had Instagram in probably a decade. Um, So no, I I don't like, I, you miss out on so much. Yeah. So much. If you want to show, this is like, this is close to me. Like if you want to show me what you're doing and show me, because that's all Instagram is. It's highlights of people's lives. And well, it's glorified. The coolest things that you're doing and the oh, best films. Exactly. exactly. Unless you have a like, If you want to show me that you're on a yacht in Spain, then send me a send me a picture. But I don't need I don't need to go on Instagram and go through and, and like your photos. Like if you want to show me that, like send it to me. You know but what you can't do on Instagram is what you, you can't send naked pics of yourself, which is kind of one of your MOs to your friends. So that, that's why you, that's the real reason why I have Instagram. It's useless for you. No, usually I'll send pictures of me taking shit. What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? Uh, you went off on a tangent and then I just continued with it. But the difference between Anaheim and Vancouver for me media wise was you're a rock star in Vancouver, right? Um, you know, well, nice to everyone. Wise, everything you you're known as the good guy, which you are. Um, you're beloved. And I feel like I was beloved for a time and then, you know, things fell apart at the end, but in Anaheim, I disappeared. Like no one knew who I was, which I, I loved. I was able to be a father, a husband. Off the ice, yeah, off the yeah, ice. Off the ice, off the ice is what I'm saying. Um, and honestly, the weather and, and like you were saying, there's lulls in the season. There's nothing better than, than you know, playing a shitty game and going, going to the beach the next day and, you know, spending time with your family on the beach and, and wash it, watching the waves come in. And, and, you know, to be honest, I lived – steps from the beach and, and just to go out there, you forget about everything. You forget about how bad you played the night before. And really, I don't think it's for every player. I think you need, like if, if you have a player that, you know, 
really doesn't care about how he plays and, and um, which there are a few out there. We both know that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, but for you and I, I feel like we hold each other to a higher standard than any media person or coach. But you know, at the same time, I think we both care enough that when we hear shit like, you know, we're playing like shit, we know that already. And for us to hear that, you know, it hurts. And for me, like to be able to go through a season and not really even hear that or see that and, and just kind of go under the radar. And, you know, I've had had some of my best seasons in our home, but saying that young when I was younger you know there wasn't as much media coverage as there is now I believe and in Vancouver you can disagree with me but I feel social media is a bigger presence in the game now uh even there was never an NHL app when when we we started in the league there was you'd have to go on the internet just to look at our standings now at a touch of a button you can you can read everything about you so uh I don't know how you feel about that, but um, technology is definitely making it harder for these Canadian cities to uh, win a Stanley Cup. I think early in your career, you want to play in a Canadian market and you want the attention and the notoriety. But I think as you're right, as you, as you become accountable to yourself and to how you're playing, it's, it's good not to be constantly reminded. Like I remember times in Vancouver when, and you say that I was I was always beloved. Well, I was you, you don't remember, Kess. I was on the trading block for like three years in the media, right? Like I woke up the one summer, Katie and I, every morning and looked at the TSM ticker to see if I was gonna get traded. The only reason they didn't trade me that year is because Sammy Salo ruptured his Achilles playing floor hockey in Finland. And then next thing you know, I have to come back and then I have one of my best years, lead like second in the NHL and plus minus and we go to the cup final. And then after that I'm I'm a God again, right? So you go from a God to a whipping boy, from a God to a whipping boy. But there's definitely times when there's some negative press against you and it's impossible to ignore it because it's everywhere in Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal. But I remember walking around like in Starbucks and people are looking at you and you're just like, guys thinking about like how bad I'm playing right now. Like that's the last thing I need is this guy judging me in, in my Starbucks line. I'm just trying to get an Americano grande half full. Like, leave me alone, right? Like, I know I'm not playing my best right now, but fuck off, you know, like for five minutes. So I think in Anaheim, that's the good thing about Anaheim is the only time I was ever recognized was at Disneyland. And it was because it was a Vancouver or a Calgary person. So you walk around discreet and, you know, honestly, the people that live, you lived in Emerald Bay and I live in Newport Beach. These people don't really care about hockey. They have more money than all of us anyways. So that's kind of the nice thing. You can do you, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you remember the one year we won the President's Trophy by, I think we won it by 14 points. It was, at the time, it was one of the largest margins of victory. The following year. Second time. Yeah, the following year, like two weeks left, it was a crapshoot, right? There was a bunch of teams, and somehow Mm -hmm. we ended up squeaking it out, and we won the President's Trophy a second year in a row. Huge accomplishment. I remember reading in the Vancouver media, we're the worst team to ever win the President's Trophy. Like, Mm -hmm. That, I remember like our, our, uh, our captain's meeting <laughs> with Gillis when we won. Oh, we won against Ottawa. Ottawa. We beat Ottawa like 4-2. Yeah. And he called all the captains in, and he's like, listen, you guys are winning, but you're not winning the right way. <laughs> Instead of winning 7-2, to we're winning 4-2. to yeah, He's like, and you only know. beat Ottawa 4-2, to and they're terrible that year. And you're like... <laughs> We're like, what? I remember you, me, and the twins talking after, and we're like, 
like this is a pretty good league. You know what I mean? Like, you should just, yeah. We should just be happy with winning winning games, right? Like, yeah, you don't play your best every, but the expectation gets out again. Berkey, Brian Burke, and I were talking about this the other day, and the expectation gets out of control. Like, look what happened with Winnipeg. Winnipeg had some really good playoff years, and then they went into the seasons with high expectations, couldn't match up. Same with Calgary a little bit recently. The Leafs, like. It's impossible to play in that city. When I go in for my hockey night in Canada on Saturdays, there is just so much. Every single guy in that team is scrutinized. It doesn't matter if they're playing good or bad. You make one mistake and people like there's so many radio shows or so many talk shows and somebody, because they're all looking for something different. Somebody is going to pick that mm-hmm. one guy and say, he's terrible. Like, why is he on, you know, it's always. You can't get away from it either. You go to the keg steakhouse for dinner and it's all over the TVs. And then yeah, they got so the, the subcaptions below. So you're reading it as you're watching yourself just get bamboozled by, uh, by media. <laughs> well, they got like that, the fan 590 and a couple of those other shows that are good. But like those, the guys are just at some point, they have to rip somebody because it can't be all positive. So you just hope it's not your, your day. And if you're having a lull in your season when, you know, your confidence is just wavering right like your confidence is hanging by like a thread and then you have to listen to that like that's that's tough to deal with like you don't want to deal with that you want to be able to handle it in your own way yeah i i agree that's why uh you know you gotta fake it to make it sometimes right you gotta you gotta act confident and you gotta act act like that doesn't bother you and, and hopefully you can get through the wall you know what i would do in vancouver when i, I thought i handled it pretty well but when, when confidence was starting to waver because of, like, the negative press, I would call, like, my one of my good childhood buddies that I played with growing up, or I would call, like, one of my college buddies that I played with, you know? And mm-hmm. in their opinion, you're, like, you're, you're, you're awesome, right? Because you made you played with them, you made it to the NHL. Mm-hmm. So I would call, call one of those guys, and we just kind of shoot the breeze about, you know, a couple, like, games in college or, like, back in the old days, and it kind of – build rebuild yourself right build yourself mm-hmm. back up so to speak because you're just That's used cool. to just getting pushed down <laughs> you probably talk to big mike right yeah yeah i talked to i used to talk to my dad after every game uh i would give him a call and he would sometimes we'd get in uh fu fest and other times it, it'd just be you know normal shit but then then you go through and and you know i i thought my mom and my dad really had a, a good grasp on how i was playing and they knew when I needed things to get picked up and, and what I needed to hear at, at certain times. And then they needed to tell me how shitty I was playing too. Was, was Linda, was lit. Cause my dad, my dad coached me the same as you growing up. And my dad was hard on me, but for like fair, like he was fair. He never came at me for no reason. Like he, he mm-hmm. was, well, he'd yell at me. Like if I didn't get a puck out on the penalty kill, like I was a forward too. Right. And if I mm-hmm. didn't, you know, the little things, like, just like your dad, like, don't cheat mm-hmm. the game, right? Do the little things right. Everything, not just goals and assists and you know, all that. Do the little things right. But my mom, in my mom's eyes, I never did anything wrong. Like, I was the best. You know, I never made any mistakes. And it was almost like it got aggravating after a while because now I can't even trust what my mom says because every game like, oh, you played so great, honey. Oh, you're, you're awesome out there. And I'm like, are you kidding me, mom? Like, I was minus four. Like, I played terrible. She's like, no, you're the best. You're the best. I love you. Linda was exactly like that. She uh, she would tell me every game how good I played. And sometimes I would only call my mom if that's what I needed to hear. 
You want to talk to your dad? Nope, I'm good. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> what about Katie's not like that with Cole. Katie's pretty honest with him. Like she, if she feels like I'm being too honest with him, she'll kind of dial it back and try to be your cop. But for the most part, she's pretty honest with him. She'll, she'll say, Cole, you weren't moving your feet at all today. How's Andrea with Riker? Yeah, Andrea's the same way. She's actually worse than me. She, uh, you know, I, I feel like I know how hard it is to be consistent every game. And I don't know if Andrea really does. <laughs> and my biggest thing with Riker is effort. Like, if he's not get, giving effort, I'll lose my mind. But with Andrea, if he just, you know, isn't playing well, but he's, I can see he's trying sheets all over him. He played like shit today. Exact words. How do you think he really? played? Uh, okay. And now, yeah. now she has Riker. Effort, yeah, obviously. But um, <laughs> with with Riker, you ask him how you play today. Every every time, it's like shit. And I don't want him to think like that. But I just, <laughs> I think I think it, uh, Andrew just tells him so many times he played like shit. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I get this over with and just say I played shitty today. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're listening to the Cass and Juice podcast. Our fifth guest on Cass and Juice is a two-time state championship winner. I think one was in Connecticut and one was in Boston. So take that for what it's worth. He's an NCAA national champion. Pretty impressive. He's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He loves food. He's kind of a funny guy. And he has 13 goals this year in 38 games. Nick Benino. What's up, Bones? Hey guys, thanks for having me. Top five guest on your show, so it means a lot to me. <laughs> You're the only Stanley Cup champion that we've interviewed so far. Sure, I'm sure you'll get around to No big someone. deal. No big deal, eh? No, it's that, well, that was a fun time, but uh, yeah, working on trying to get another one this year. Shut up. <laughs> why why couldn't you win a stanley cup when you're in vancouver with me why did you have to wait three more years uh we had this righty d man who i don't know just didn't work out he's a little too much <laughs> i won't name names though so quickly just quickly maybe talk about while we're talking about the cup uh like winning the cup like the back-to-back and like after you won talk about like winning the cup obviously quickly but then after you won the back-to-back, you left and you went to Nashville. Was that basically just because you're like, this is too easy in Pittsburgh. I might as well go for a challenge and go to go to Nashville. We can't get over the hump. That was exactly what it was. Major and I had a good plan uh, when it came to that. And we were just, yeah, it was too easy. No, um, no, we so we got traded um, to Pittsburgh and it was a shock. Like, yeah, I know uh, – you know, talking to like guys like uh, Hammer, I don't think anyone saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. We were um, had just bought a place, so that was a, a big shock. I think the summer before, obviously with Kess, that was kind of in the um, in the media for a bit leading up to that that uh, that there might be a trade there, and um, so I knew that was coming. And then going to Pitt was was a shock to the system. I think getting there too, um, and having Gino and Sid there, kind of had to change my role a bit and just be a little bit more defensive and, and responsible and try to carve out that third line center. And um, with those two guys, they're so good offensively that if we can chip in, which we did with, with Phil and Haggy the one year, and, and then the next year we just had, had such a good team, so much confidence, uh, you know, we were able to do it again. But, um, you know, it was fun. We, we finished the year and uh, we had talked extension and um, 
Pittsburgh, we, I, I really just wanted that fourth year. I think as you get older, you want your term. And um, Jim and the, and the Pens were, weren't ready to do that uh, then. So I went to um, free agency, and that was another stressful time, uh, just on the phone all, all the time. I'm just giving you a hard time with leaving to go to, to Nashville, buddy. You don't have to explain that. But it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's the business. I ended up in a great spot to live, great team, but uh, it's tough. It was tough to leave fit. You win, you have that much success somewhere. It's uh, it's always it's always tough to leave. So go back, go back there to a couple things you said. So first the Kess trade, right? So you two get traded for each other. And I asked Kess this earlier. Like, do you remember the first time you guys played against each other? I think it was in Vancouver, right? Um, like when I was on when I was on Van. Yeah, and he was in Anaheim. I, it was. I, it was in. It was in Anaheim because I sco- I remember I scored in a shootout. Yes, mm-hmm. our first game back. It, right. And then, yeah, yeah, to win it, it got like tried to deke uh, Freddie and it snuck under him. But uh, yeah, that was a weird. That was a really weird feeling. Um, and it was at home for. You know, my old home for me, I'm sure for Kessa was different. But, uh, yeah, that was that was the first time back, and that was definitely definitely weird coming back to Anaheim. That was my, to that point, only the second team I'd been on. So, um, What was it was like that. taking a face-off against Kess after that trade? Because Kess is a mean son of a gun. <laughs> it was the same as always. It was hard. And uh, <laughs> I probably got a stick between the legs or something. So. Yeah. Is, uh, is, uh, do I want to win this one? Is uh, the worst? It was, uh, yeah, it's definitely weird playing against guys. Like when I take them against Sutter, uh, there's a the little connection you have um, from being traded for a guy. So when you get traded for Cass, and it was it was you and Spees, right? And then yeah. like a, a draft pick. When you play against Cass, are you thinking I want to try to like outperform him and kind of validate the trade kind of thing? Because Cass was a superstar back. Right? Like, not anymore. You're still a superstar. <laughs> but Kess was the man back then. So you, did you want to, like, play better than him? I, I think that's human nature. Um, you know, he had, he had done so well in, um, in Van that uh, you get traded for him, and it's immediately, especially in a market, I thought, like Vancouver, where media and fans are like, this guy needs to immediately fill his shoes and do what he did. And, um you're definitely looking at their stats. I remember I came out uh, came out that season and had like I don't know, pretty good start. I had uh, eight goals maybe in the first fourteen games, and I was like, "Well, you came out I'm hot. Gonna, I'm gonna get forty goals this year. This is awesome." <laughs> um, and you're always peeking across. So you know, the first month I'm like, "Yeah, look at this! Like I'm ripping it up." And then you know, it settles back in um, to normalcy, and yeah. <laughs> I don't think uh, same with Sutter too. Of mediocrity, eh? <laughs> yeah, I think when you I think when you do get traded for someone, you're always definitely definitely checking their stats and, and seeing how they're doing because uh, hey, you want to outperform them for sure. I, I think for me it was uh, it's because we were the same position, right? And like I kind of I kind of kept looking at your stats to see how you're doing. And I remember you did have a good good start. Really didn't look at speeds too much. <laughs> but, my uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, when when you get traded, I, I didn't feel like the game in Anaheim was that that big a deal. I don't, but for you, flip side, it was. And and the game in Vancouver for me, the first time going back, it's just weird. Do you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. When you played in Van, I wasn't. I was like, oh yeah, he's coming back to Van. It's nothing. 
like you said, but, but coming back to Anaheim in front of the fans, I thought, uh, you know, and then there's a shootout and I got booed a little bit and I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> I know how that feels. No, it's, you're definitely right. You come back to the team you were at. It's, uh, it's different than when, when we came to you in Anaheim, you're just seeing your buddies and, you know, having some laughs. Uh, it's definitely different when you're back in your, your old city. So I want to bring this up too, because I remember this happening and this, this the show can't just be all about picking you up. We got to talk about some of like the hardships, right? And do you remember when you just bought your house in van? And then you, I think you had movers coming that day and then you got traded that day. Obviously you remember yes. that. Yeah. We, so we had a great meeting. I thought at the end of the year with, uh, with Benning and Lyndon and um, kind of said, you know, we, we, we like how you're helping with younger guys. You're doing great, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, we're going to get a place. He's like, yeah, that's great. So got a place in uh, Mount Pleasant there. It was um, our first place we'd bought, like when a place we lived and, Summer went, we probably owned it for two months and uh, yeah, we put a, we, we didn't do a lot to it. We put a fence up and uh, you're right. We had the movers coming probably the week. Lauren and I were in the car. I got a call um, from Trevor Linden. I said to Lauren, like I looked her and I said, oh, look, I'm probably going to get traded. Like completely joking. But when you see a president, mm-hmm. it was a summer check-in and uh, yeah, I answered the call and it's just, um, hey, uh, Nick, tough part of the game, but uh, we made a hockey move and I was like, I was stunned. I'm just like, what? what? Cause you're, um, you're a cheap guy, right? So you don't buy houses uh, easily. And you fans. I got the landscaper set up. Yeah, this is big for me back. <laughs> I'm buying Chanel presents like you on Instagram, but when I'm buying, I'm spending it a little, but uh, yeah. So my first call, like we hung up and I was stunned and I called our, um, this is going to sound bougie, but we called our interior decorator. And said, <laughs> You've changed. Cancel everything. Um, yeah, we can't. We like just got traded, and they tried. And then I called my agent, and uh, he he they hadn't told him yet either. It was just quick. So yeah, it was it was a shock. I know. Um, yeah, being traded. Luckily, when I've been traded, it's been in the summer. But uh, yeah, that one. Um, it was Vancouver though, so I didn't didn't take a huge hit on the house. It was it's a good two. What? Uh, no, you probably probably end up making a few bucks. Everybody bought in Vancouver except for Cass. He's the only guy never bought in Vancouver. <laughs> Sorry, Cass. Uh, this interview with me or, or Bones? Bones. So Bones, back to Bones, back to good things with Bones. Do you want to know my opinion, Bones, of why I think I think you honestly were a huge part of the Pittsburgh Cup wins because. Like you said, you got like the offense with Sid and uh, Gino, but for me, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable by pumping your tires too much. You probably, but you'll like it. I think for you, you don't cheat the game, right? Like we always talk about not cheating the game. You do everything right. You take pride in everything. So for me, like you're unbelievable at blocking shots as a centerman, which is huge for defensemen and goalies. Cause a lot of times you're in front of the net with your guy and the puck comes and you eat a lot of pucks, right? You're good at, <laughs> this is kind of funny, but you're actually really good at high flips. So whenever there's like pressure in the zone, you get the puck and you have like the perfect sandwich and you flip it out and it alleviates pressure. Like you're obviously really good on face-offs all the time and not to pump your tires again too much, but you're, you're a really good locker room guy. You're like similar guy to Cogs and Palmieri guys that you've played with before. Like you, you're sarcastic or what do you keep it light? So those things are huge intangibles and obviously you score big goals at big time. So I don't even know how you're going to respond to this because I basically like just pumped you. But what do you think crying. about how good 
how good you are at hockey. What do you think about that? I'm tears of joy right now. That was the nicest thing I've heard in a long time. No, I, I appreciate that. I think I think what you I just try to be in the right spots under the puck. I, um, you know, sp- speed's never been my game. I don't think I'm slow, but I don't think I'm I'm obviously not the fastest. I've had a lot of success when I've had speed on the wings. Um, even this year, Rocco Grimaldi and Smitty like are. I got a lot of goals with them, and they push the play and. It's funny you said that. I have probably two, maybe three high flip assists this year. Just getting it out there and letting Easily. them go. Try, try to, I do. I try to stay under the play. And uh, and if I do cheat with me, it's going to be really tough to recover sometimes. So um, that's probably the main reason I don't. Just try to be responsible. Um, I think I'm around 70% D-zone starts. So I'm taking those draws. I'm trying to win them, trying to get possession and come out and play some offense. This year has been – been good I don't think uh you know you anticipate with that amount of starts and and matchups scoring 13 goals in the first 38 but uh pucks found me and um I'm not complaining about it yeah you're the kind of you're the kind of centerman and Kess was too but you're the kind of centerman that defense want to play with right because you're we know where you are on the breakouts you're low and slow you're helping out and I, I think that's a reason why if you guys are winning by a goal or losing by a goal you would probably be out on the ice, right, at the end of the game. And Cass was the same way. Like, if we're losing, you're out for a big face-off. You're out because you're defensively responsible. If you're in it for winning, you're out there because you go to the front of that and you're also good on face-offs again. So, like, the, those guys, you don't win without those guys, right? And we had Cass and you, and we came close to winning, but obviously in bed, like, things were – and then you break your – didn't you break your tibia blocking a shot also? Yeah. Yeah, I did. That one, that hurt. You want to whine about that one for a little bit or no? <laughs> I'll pump my tires about my toughness if you want. For just, for just a uh, was it yeah, a real no, break? It was a real break. It was pretty much right on that little ball on the ankle. It was all the way through. And um, I don't know, it happened in the first period, and I ended up uh, playing like a game or something. So uh, I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, no, we shot it up with a bunch of stuff and numbed it up. And then. Uh, it hurt the most before game four. I actually practiced on it for about 40 minutes, just trying to get ready. And I, I took the warmups in game before game four and it just like, it just wasn't there. So that was tough to, to just have to call it in the finals, but kind of relied on, we'd get it done and they did. So. Cass played, Cass played her too. Uh yeah, I I uh, I played on a uh, arthritic hip for three years. Do you should know that? And my broken foot. You remember my broken foot that you made fun of me for two weeks? Everyone breaks that their one. foot. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. You ever, you ever break your foot bones? Yeah. Did you lip on the ice for a while. Jesus. <laughs> I don't right, remember. Right. <laughs> so let's get to the t- uh, Cotton Bowl. You're going there. Um, you ever played one before? Yeah, I played two outdoor games, one in um one in LA and one in uh, in Pittsburgh, but I've never never played the Winter Classic and it seems like seems like there's a ton of fan flow with it. Obviously we have the show going on and they're flying the families, they're flying staff, everything. So um we're excited for it. It's uh it's it's an interesting game because it is just one game. For us it's a huge game. We've been we we'd like to obviously win it against a division rival who knocked us out of the playoffs, but uh it's, it's there's a lot of fanfare and it's just it's just two points so we'd like to obviously just get those two points but uh, it's hard to hard to ignore what goes with it. It's been a bit of a hey, hey you know uh, 
Yeah, there's extra media for sure. Do you know the, I heard the ice is going to be really bad there and there. They're just they're going to try to. I think I think the ice was wrecked the other day when it was rainy and uh, warm, so it's going to be bad ice conditions. That should play right into your game. I'm going to say. What do you think? You start sabotaging every ice around the league. Yeah, that's great news. So let's make it. Let's muck it up. Just slow it down. Right? Just slow that game down. Make it a skill game. Slow it down. Yeah, I'm in for that. So. Hey, um, good. you know when you got a hat trick uh, earlier in the season? Like, obviously you remember, right? Yeah, this year. Oh. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Play. I remember. So you get a hat trick, and I'm watching a video last night, and you're sitting on the bench with Ryan Ellis, who's a good Hamilton boy that I grew up kind of skating with and kind of trained with. And did I hear Did I hear you ask him, if you get the hat trick, he's going to buy you lunch? And he said no. Like, he won't even buy you lunch for getting a hat trick? Is that true? Yeah, well, if we didn't have a deal, he wouldn't. You know Ali. He wouldn't buy anyone anything. So, um, yeah. He's a Hamilton boy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we know we have five of us go to lunch, and it's um, it's me, Yarncroc, Sissons, Watson, and Ellie, and um, we don't have we're not like you know the prolific hat trick goal scorers. So we we do if uh, if two guys score, the same guy buys lunch the next meal, and if someone gets a hat trick, we threw this in like a week before this. Someone gets a hat trick, you pick anyone at the table, it skips right to him. And, uh, really? Because he's so cheap, it goes to him. Uh, just yeah, just it's just Ellie. You know, it's just a guy you you want to see buy lunch from the guys. So because <laughs> you because you test that this, guy for uh, us. We, we want to uh, well, Was he? Was I? Really? <laughs> was I? <laughs> hey, talk about uh, you're a foodie. You're a foodie, Nick, and you you took me to a couple places like low uh, low radar places that were hidden gems. What's what's uh, where does the love for food come from? Because you're a skinny guy. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm skinny. I eat a ton of food, but just kind of a, a machine. I have a great body fat, great physique. So I'm blessed like that. <laughs> I always love food. I think uh, I just like to research. Like any city we go to, a few years ago, we in Pitt, when Matt Cullen was retiring for the eighth time, um, he decided um, a food tour for him. So we had like these jackets made, these little logos made. And every city we went to, we tried to find a Michelin restaurant if they had one um, that we could eat at. We'd have good wine and good food. And um, it was me, Kunitz, Colin, and Fair, Eric Fair. And uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And, and I've always tried to to find restaurants for the boys and, and, uh, and just enjoy one of the best cities in the world and definitely in, in North America and take advantage what, of the meals and uh, what's that? What's your favorite dish right now? Because you like uh, like exotic things, right? Like what's your, your favorite thing right now? Like I, I love sushi. That's my favorite appy. <laughs> Don't you like like pork cheek and stuff like that? And like you're into weird stuff. You're always trying to cook it at home. I'll, I I do I yeah be, I made beef tongue last year that was interesting it's kind of gross wow. um, but yeah we, we I don't know my favorite app what's your favorite appy right now well I don't know but you, wasn't your daughter eating uh, caviar yesterday <laughs> she did try caviar <laughs> <laughs> we actually last night was that was crazy we had our brother in law in town with his nephew and we we balled out at Whole Foods we got some king crab legs and lobster tails and uh, 
we sous vide the lobster tails. We did uh, we sauteed the crab up with some with some garlic and butter. Um, we did a little uh, made little mini pan little mini pancakes and put a uh, put some creme fraiche smoked salmon caviar on them and uh, and Maisie was was crushing them. She won't eat her, she won't eat life, her is, crap life is yeah, good, life, isn't it? This is not what we eat normally. It's usually only lobster tail or only crab legs. But uh, yesterday was both, so it was good. God, you treat yourself well. Hey, uh, you know what the three of us have in common, other than the obvious? What's that? We uh, we've all dressed up in disguise and fooled our teammates, right? You know I, think- what? I like watching your guys' videos. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the. Tested the first one, and then you did one this year, right? I did it. Um, no, I did it my first year in Nash a couple of years ago when I was a oh, seeker. Sorry. It's okay. Fact check. <laughs> I'm not a fact. I'm not a numbers guy. Oh wait, I am. Yeah. Awesome. What you you did the Zamboni one, right? You were the ice cleaner. I did. That yeah, I did. Shovel boy, and then I did the next year. I did security guard. Remember, when I was under Getsy's legs with the wand. And he's like, and he's like, what the hell are you doing, buddy? Like he was, he was really mad. Yeah. He would not want that personal space invasion. <laughs> hey, what was it like? You, you, before I went to Anaheim, I remember you telling me some stories about Getsy and Paris. What are your some of your favorite ones? Because you're like, go at them right away, like chirp Getsy right away. He'll respect you. And I'm like, what? Like come at him. And you're like, yeah, call him the bald eagle right off the bat. I go, I don't even I know said- the guy. You, you know said that. I, my first few years there, Getsy, you and you guys played with Getsy. Like Getsy has that presence where, especially as a young guy, and he's an awesome guy. But I was, I was like frightened, kind of. I was always, um, he's just got that big Type A personality, and I'd always, um, kind of, I wouldn't really talk around him in pairs. Um, <laughs> nice guy, but like, would, is very quiet. So. I, the first two years there, I was like, man, I don't even want to say a word around these guys. Like, they're going to hate me. And then my last year there, before I got dealt, uh, I felt like I kind of finally came out of my shell a bit and, and got to know them, and they were awesome. Um, but, yeah, I don't even – I, I wouldn't have called him Bald Eagle because I knew I was headed down that path. That's, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was uh, – it was probably Spiza that told me to say that. But, um, you know what, like – you, you weren't missing out on any of the Perry conversations because there's not a whole lot he has to say. <laughs> no, I think once talk with him, it's good, yeah. But uh, And I'm going to see him in, in Dallas here. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – Tell Perry to fucking return our call. He won't come on? No, tell him tell him we don't want him to come on anymore. Yeah. His invitation yeah. has been uh, relinquished. Loser. What about Cog? Is he going to get Cogs on? The thing about Cogs is we've talked about him a little bit about how funny he is. I don't know yeah. does that does that show up on on these interviews because he'll be guarded, right? Yeah, it'd be very dry and uh, but yeah, well, if you can get him to open up, oh, he's he'll got be in his own head. You know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll. You know what his problem is? The bones is that if he's sitting in a chair doing an interview for thirty minutes, his legs are getting so heavy, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a foam roller and have a, a Theragun. And, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> They'll be texting me. He's like, is this almost over? Like, my legs are heavy, too. It's like, they feel terrible. That's why he, he has an iron. He's just uh, – no, I've never seen a guy more dialed into his body. Like, just knows what's wrong, knows how to fix it. So, 
it's uh it's good to talk to him about it when i when i do need to get this thing going even though you are a specimen uh we we appreciate you being being on the show our first uh two-time stanley cup champion big game coming up with the uh in dallas at the cotton bowl so good luck bones great talking to you good catching up yeah thank you guys and uh thanks bones Hope you get some better people than me coming up. Or it's not, I'm <laughs> so, see you, boy. That's see good. You. That's good, Bones. Hey, um, thanks, buddy. So, Juice, big day coming up, or big week coming up, I should say. Uh, what do you have planned for uh, for this week? We got New Year's, and, and uh, what are you doing today? This is my favorite week two weeks of the year the week before christmas and the week after so it's just we had family come in uh, a couple days ago we have more family coming in today so i'm actually gonna jump out quickly after this and, and grab a quick round of golf and even though it's cold here bundle up and go to my favorite course with a really good friend and have a couple bloody marys and and play some golf but won't play good because it's been a while but still any chance to get out in, in the winter is is fun and then we're uh New Year's coming up, so I think we're going to go on a Duffy. Have you ever been on the Duffy boat rides, yeah. like in Newport? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't think I ever have. So we're uh, we're going to use a friend's Duffy and go out and cruise through the inlets, and there's restaurants and stuff to do there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can go uh, through through like the bay, and and uh, there's what is there? Nobu. There's uh, you can dog there. right there. Yeah, you dock right there and you walk up. So you'll have a good time. There's like, there's a handful of restaurants. Yeah, we'll do that for a couple hours. And then uh, I just kind of, I think we're going to bring the kids too. So there'll be like nine of us. So that'll be, that'll be kind of the next few days. Be uh, a couple of days ago was my Andrea's birthday. And first birthday at home, usually her birthday's on the 27th. So usually we play every year and uh, she hates it and we never really do anything. So. I, uh, I decided to throw her a big uh, ugly sweater slash pajama birthday party. And we uh, we went out for brunch um, at Bill's, you know, Bill from Italy. Went to his, oh, yeah. his restaurant for uh, for brunch. And we probably had about 20 people there. Then we went bar hopping a bit. And then we ended up back at, uh, at my house. Um, the garage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to the garage. It was completely decorated and, and uh, had some food and some more drinks. And uh, <clears throat> it was a good time. I uh, I went as, uh, you know who Cousin Eddie is? Of course I know who Cousin Eddie is. You know That's awesome. Uh, Shitter's Full? Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a picture. It was with uh, shorts and the hat with the ear flaps? Yeah. With, uh, no, it was a robe. It was a white robe with the ear flaps and uh, with boots on. Yeah, I... I I uh, bar hopped with that. It was a, uh, everybody, every, it was like 50-50. Some people got it, other people didn't. I was like, who, who hasn't seen Christmas Vacation? It's on 24 hours a day for two weeks. It's the number one mo- Christmas movie, I think, of all time still. Yeah, so obviously some people need to watch that movie still, but um, we had a good time, and, and I don't know if we're going to do New Year's because... Andrew and I are kind of partied out. Um, can you can you talk stuff. about your garage? Can you talk about that garage for a second? I think that's the best bar in Michigan. Is it your, <laughs> your garage that you've Yeah. Where do you buy it? Uh, I built it. So I bought the land. Um, and then my sister needed a place to live. 
Um, so I built her a, uh, a condo on top of this garage. I need a place to store my boats and I, I have two boats, a couple of jet skis and, and a couple of classic cars. And, um, it was just supposed to be storage for there. And then it kind of evolved into this like 14 seat bar with a booth and, um, it's a nightclub is what it is. It's a yeah, nightclub. Yeah, There's shuffleboard, super shots, arcade games, bubble hockey, ping pong, you name it, it's in there. And uh, <clears throat> that's where we usually, like, when we have people, we'll usually go over there. And, and Andrea hated it at first. Like, this is a terrible idea. Now she loves it. She's like, the mess is not at her house, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So she, uh, she really enjoys it now. Do you watch like uh, big sporting events there and, and things too? Because that's the perfect place, right? Put yeah, it on the big that's, well, her her birthday was the same day as uh, the Ohio State game, so we put on Ohio State um, Clemson. Which don't even get me started about that. Um, it's amazing how how bad a ref can fuck up a game, eh? Like, uh, well, look at the Seattle. I don't know if you know who what I'm talking about, but like that was clearly a fumble. But I don't even want to get into it. I didn't see that game, but I watched the Seattle San Fran game last night. Same thing, pass interference in the end zone at the end, and that's that's the game, right? And that's a that's a bye week too on the line. So it's, we love uh, referees, though. No, oh yeah, we love them, but it's it's crazy with all the technology that they still get it wrong. Who, um, yeah, who stocks your bar though? You? I do. I do. So do you? Do you have uh, restaurant management in your future? <laughs> if, we, if people actually listen to our show we can open a restaurant called Cass and Juices yeah let's do it I'm in we'll have, uh, we'll have Bill help us out where though in Detroit in Michigan uh, we'll do one in one in Newport and one in Michigan <laughs> franchise <laughs> I like that we're making franchise already this idea just came up 10 seconds ago hey all or nothing it either works or it doesn't Thanks, everybody, for listening again. I want to wish everybody a happy new year and uh, remind to uh, reminder to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform found on com. Check out my Twitter at Ryan underscore Kessler, KBX3 for Juice, and our joint one, which is at Kessler Juice. All right, I will see you in 2020, and we're going to be ascending for the first five years. See ya. See ya, Juice. See ya, buddy. Good job. <laughs>